This is a special episode of Sleep for Performance Radio. Today I am joined by Cyrus Milne. Now, Cyrus, how old are you? 17. 17. So under the Child Safety Protection Act of 1976, uh, Section 2, Paragraph 4, I just made that up, Cyrus has to be accompanied by his mother, who joins us today as well. And your mother's name is? Kelly. Kelly what? Kelly Milne. So Kelly is joining us today to sit in with Cyrus, so I don't um, take advantage of Cyrus and get him to do any hard labour because he's underage, or I don't get Cyrus to clean the office or anything else. So um, Kelly will be supervising and moderating this whole conversation today. <laughs> she gave him a thumbs up. No, I wanted to have Kelly in as well because Kelly is instrumental in helping out Cyrus in, in an event that Cyrus is doing. So Cyrus, we're going to start from the future. And I'm going to work it back and talk about why you got to do this. What are you going to be doing in about 12 months' time? Uh, the English Channel. What are you going to do? You're going to swim the English Channel solo. You're going to swim the English Channel solo. So how long is the English Channel? 36 kilometers, I believe. And what's that in the old money in miles? 23, I think. 23 miles. We need to work that out later on. Right, so about 23 miles. And where, when are you gonna, where are you going to swim from? Are you going to swim from England to the France or France to... England to France. England to France. So why did it go England to France and not France to England? I'm actually not too sure. That's uh, just, how they, just how they do it. That's how they do it. That's the way the wind blows and that's the way yeah. you go. Yeah. So where do you start in England? Where, what's the location? Uh, Dover, I believe. Dover. Yeah. So they're on Dover. the ferry from Dover to Calais. And then where do you finish? around Calais as well? Yeah, Nobody can hear you, Kelly, speaking over here because you don't have a yeah, microphone. Yeah, it depends so if on wanna, the time. If you want to jump in, you've got to sit on his lap and jump in. But you can jump in, Kelly, any time. But we don't, have, we don't have any sonic. Put your hand up if you have a question. <laughs> uh, full disclosure, I know Kelly from Jiu-Jitsu. Kelly trains at a local gym here in Perth. She trains with myself and my wife. So we, uh, that's why we know each other and take the piss. So that's why. And Cyrus is Kelly's son, as you've worked out by now, who also does Jiu-Jitsu as well. So, um, so when are you going to do this? When next year? 2020? Uh, August 2020. August 2020. So now we're in June. It's going in a few weeks. So about 13, 14 months away. Yeah. So what made you want to do the English Channel Swim? Uh, well, I did it in a team in 2016. Uh, and it's always been kind of on my bucket list to go back and do it on my own, especially with the solos I've done since my team swim. Uh, but actually, recently, um, I was going to quit swimming. Uh, but a friend of mine, uh, she said, oh, I'm going to do the English Channel. Come do it with me. Uh, well, yeah, I might as well before I, before I start working or don't have enough time to swim. So why did you want to quit swimming? Why? Um, I've just been doing it for so many years now. And uh, I, I had to change coaches recently um, because my old coach retired. And so I was getting a little bit sick of swimming, thought maybe I'd done enough. Uh, but then when, you know, the challenge was presented to me again, well, I just couldn't turn it down. And so when you were swimming sort of growing up, um, now that you're very mm-hmm. old at 17, uh, when you were swimming growing up, um, did you swim predominantly in swimming pools at like at pool meets or was it all open water or a mixture of two? Uh, growing up, we, I mostly swam pools, like the basic swim lessons, like your level one, two, you know, whatever. And then when I started high school, that's when I got into a squad in the pool. Yep. Because uh, I had to pick a sport. I had between like soccer, cricket, and swimming, and I always loved swimming. Uh, so I thought I'd give it a go. And then from there, it just went on. Just went on from there. So yeah. Just, yeah, and then, pro- then progressively, you got into more open water swimming. 
yeah the coach um we started training for that team swim the english yeah. channel that was two years two years of training and uh yeah that was part of our training was to do the open water swims so you must have been quite young when you did that what like 14 15 actually i think i was yeah 14 14 when i did the swim but Jesus. when i started i was when i started the training i was like 12 i think that's a big undertaking for you know young adolescent how, how did you did you find it difficult to maintain that kind of rigor in the training and the discipline being so young you, surely you must have wanted to go oh forget about this i just want to eat chocolate play video games and hang around my mates and be cool yeah definitely i um when i first started i was doing three days a week i started at seven only swam for about an hour and then uh the coach she said i think you have the potential to be a distance swimmer how would you like to swim the english channel uh, so when I said yes, my three days a week turned into six, and my seven o'clock start turned into a six o'clock start, um, and I had to do Saturdays as well. And the first few months in, I thought, I want to quit. Like, there's no way I can keep this up. And then I started to think about the long term, because in two years, this team's going to come back, and they're going to have achieved this amazing swim. And I just thought, well, in two years, it's going to feel like no time went by at all. I thought I'd push it out and then I'd have a story to tell when I'm older. So the, the, the kind of the thought of like finishing that swim, being part of that team is what actually drove you to get up each morning and, and do these swims. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That's quite, um, quite a mature way of looking at it for a young person because I know most 40-year-olds uh, that probably wouldn't even have that sort of, you know, staying power to stay on a task and have that grit and determination to keep with the training and getting up each morning is quite... Um, hard for even adults but as a young person you like to sleep in in the morning you like to go to bed later how did you cope with the sleep part of it it was a big adjustment i can't say i'm still completely good at it <laughs> yeah uh yeah the getting up every morning definitely had its toll on me and then i trained my martial arts at night which would go late um so that would affect i always tried to get at least eight hours of sleep so i um so i wouldn't be too tired in the morning yeah and then, yeah, I always tried to be very strict on going to bed at a certain time so that I wouldn't be too tired. So you don't have any much time then for going out and getting drunk, catching up with boys, girls, whatever you're into, or playing video games or robbing or orchards or breaking into people's cars, none of that? No, I kind of lost my social life pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a social life. I'm describing life as a not a social life. I'm describing yeah. my life. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly just looked out the window. She's reminiscing. Um, so, yeah, so that's quite interesting. So you, so you, you did the, the team uh, crossing the Channel Swim. What, what did that feel like to be sort of out there and the, you know, stuck between two countries, swimming from one country to another in this team of four. What did, how do, what did that feel like? Well, actually, when we got there, um, the weather was too dangerous for us to actually go straight across the channel. So we got to do an alternate swim, which was 60 kilometers along the coast. So that's uh, almost double the distance of the regular channel. That sounds fair. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Most people, we were quite disappointed that we didn't get to do the initial swim that we set yeah. out, we trained two years for. Uh, but I tried to be a little more optimistic to think, well, we're the first people to ever do this alternate swim. And it's oh, also really? longer than what we yeah, yeah, yeah. intended. Um, yeah. So you did a 60K swim? Yeah, 60K. So what did you do? Like 20 minutes on each, 20 minutes off, or half an hour? How did that work? We did an hour each. An hour each. So how many hours did it take you to that 60? It took us eight hours, 19 minutes. Jesus, that's pretty good going. 
I think in my duo this year, first time ever, it took us about the same time to do 20Ks with two people. So, <laughs> But then again, it, w w was the team all young? Were they all like 15, 16, 17? Or were yep. they? Uh, yeah. So I was 14. I think the oldest on the team was 15. Jesus, you're all so young doing yeah. that. That's, a, that's some undertaking to do that at that age and you know, to have that kind of mindset to, to achieve that. So you did 60Ks. And where did that go? Around the coast of England? Yeah, yep. So we started in Dover and I... I can't quite remember how far, but we went however many Ks up and then 30 Ks up and then 30 Ks back. Yeah. Now, people are probably sitting at home or in their car listening to this going, yeah, that's all right. Uh, yeah, it's all right between four people, but you don't get to wear a wetsuit, do you? No, no, just so Speedos. Speedos, yeah. And so the water is about what temperature? It was uh, 17 degrees when we did it, uh, but we trained in 14 before going. Cause so so it, it felt warm. Yeah, well, not at first, when you first jump in, it kind of takes your breath away, and then yeah, yeah. but we got into it. Yeah, so your marbles went up. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I, yeah. That's why I didn't go to the beach when I grew up in Ireland. So, um, this this is interesting because, like, I did the very my very first long distance swim this year, as you know, in the port to pub, did the duo, and the week before we did the duo, one of my paddlers said to me, "Well." The weather's looking bad, but it won't be too bad. You won't get too cold with the wetsuit. And I went, what? And he goes, with the wetsuit. And I went, what are you talking about the wetsuit? I said, you can't wear a wetsuit. He goes, what? You can't wear a wetsuit? I said, no. Oh, I suppose you can't wear fins either, he goes. I went, no, you can't. You can't wear a wetsuit and you can't wear fins. <laughs> oh, that's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. He goes, have you been training? I went, yeah, it's next week. I've been training for months. And so he was like, oh, I just assumed when you did the rotness swim that you could just go in a wetsuit and you could wear fins, you know, pool boy paddles whatever you wanted i was like no man no that's like you don't get an official time for that so i think a lot of people think that when you do these big open water swims that you're allowed to do all these have all these additional things but to get a verified or qualified or you know official race time in a lot of these open water swims around the world you can't wear a wetsuit or fins is that correct yeah that's correct you yeah. uh, or it doesn't become an official time it doesn't count as an official swim an official swim yeah and i think in the port of pub they had two categories this year you have wetsuit and non-wetsuit, so two different groups. Um, yeah. So let's let's just re um, so you did that. We we spoke about what you want to do next year. We re rewound rewound to the start of where you started with the um, long distance swimming. But since that team event, you've done a number of solo uh, swims. Now we're based here in Perth in Western Australia. There's a island off there that's. 20k is called Rotnest and because it's there and because people have nothing better to do people try to swim there so you got two big events every year Rotnest Channel Swim and the Port of Pub which happened within three weeks of each other um, and you've done a number of those so when, what was the first crossing you did? The first crossing I did was a 20k solo to Rotnest In what year was that? So that, was, that would have been the next year so 26, 2015 So you were 15, 16 again. 15, just turned 15 Just turned 15 you did a 20k open water swim to Rotnest. Yeah. On your own. Yep. No fins. No fins. No wetsuit. No wetsuit. No paddles. No. No arm armbands. No, just no, no toys. No just ducks, me. No nothing, <laughs> just you. How long did that take and how did you go on that? Uh six and a half hours. Six and a half hours. And um it it was good. I, I think I, I held quite a steady pace the whole way. I uh, definitely had a mental toll towards the end the feeling of it's never gonna end yeah, yeah. you almost want to you almost want to quit because the options are always there because oh, you yeah. always have the boat next to you so yeah. all it is it's very is, tempting isn't it it does get tempting <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely and so um when you were when you did that swim where did you finish because like, you were you were quite good weren't you quite quick at these swims 
Uh, this year, or that, that year, I, I, I think I was 30, 30-something 30 place, and there was, quite good. Yeah. I think there was over 100 people or doing it, the yeah. solo. So you placed there, and then this year, you did the, the Rottenest Channel Swim, which is 20Ks, and then you also did the Porta Pub Ultramarathon Swim, which is 25Ks. Yes. How did you go on those ones this year? Good. Oh, actually, I didn't do the 20K this year. Oh, that's right. You did the, that du was the, the duo. You did the, the duo, duo. Did this year. Yep. Yeah. So you did the duo, but you did quite well in that, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, we came fifth, fifth in, the, in the duo. And then how'd you go on the ultramarathon, the 25K? Good. I came seventh overall. Uh, it was seven and a half hours. Um, and that one, I had quite the rough night before going into the swim. Tell us about that night there, Cyrus. What did you do the night before you did a 25k swim that you've been training months for? Tell everybody what you did. Well, we had our school ball that <laughs> night before. So we're out dancing and having fun. That went till about 11 o'clock. And then against my better judgments, I went to the after party, uh, which my friend said I should not go to, but I decided to anyway. Yeah. I had a little too much to drink. Got you mean home. alcohol? Yep, yep, okay. alcohol. And I got home. seventeen, when you were gone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got home around two o'clock in the morning. Fell asleep around two thirty. Woke up at three thirty, so I was an hour of sleep. I was not not feeling great that morning, and then went down to the swim and the twenty-five kilometer swim. <laughs> Do you think if you maybe slept a little bit extra, you might have finished better than seventh? Yeah, possibly <laughs> people like you make me sick yeah. I want to bounce your head off the wall at the moment that you were able to go out and do that I wish I was 17 if I don't go to bed and get 8 hours at the age of 40 I can't even walk the next day and never mind swim <laughs> 25 days so there is the resilience of young people so that is really interesting you know like so we're not advocating that but when you're 17 we, you can probably override that with other energy systems but as you get older, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. Could you do that, Kelly? No, never. Never. Okay, so that's, that, yeah, yeah. So there, there's where skill and willpower and uh, age all come together to make that. So that, that swim, that 25K swim, that was my first ever crossing um, in a duo. Can you tell people what that day was like as you were swimming at 25K, you know, in conjunction at the same time? What was, that, what was that water like in terms of the conditions and what was going on? What was that like in terms of other swims? Well, it was actually probably one of the hardest swims I've done so far. And not because of the not because it was 25 kilometers, but because that first hour or hour and a half, however long it took me to do that first 5k. The hangover period we call it, yeah. 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 So the hangover period. It yeah. was just jellyfish. Constant stingers along that coast of Cottesloe. And that was probably the most painful experience of my life. I think I still have faint marks from the stings. Um, and that was enough to almost make me quit. So you wanted to quit at that time? Yeah, we got, I met up with my kayaker, uh, we paddled back to the boat, and I, I said to mom, I said, I think I'm going to quit. And so just hold her for a moment. <laughs> Ma'am, what did you say to Cyrus when he said, I want to quit? Are you really sure you want to do that? How about you go for another 30 minutes and we'll see how you feel? That's the kind version. Yeah. I think she said something like, you are not fucking getting out of that water. <laughs> that, that is the exact words. <laughs> you are yeah. fucking swimming, Cyrus. That's yeah. what she said. Yeah. This, is, this, is a non, this is a non-edited yeah. podcast. Yeah. That's what she said yeah. to him. Yeah. She's so polite. <laughs> Look at that. <you. laughs> 
So anyway, he got past yeah. the jellyfish. Mam said, yeah. saying the fucking warrior swimming. Uh, what happened next? <laughs> uh, so I thought, right, I'll keep going. I'll see, I'll see how far I can go. I'd rather die with jellyfish <laughs> yeah. than yeah. And I was, um, I could still feel the stings almost the whole way there. Um, but something, I can't quite explain it. It was about an hour, hour and a half in after doing that 5K. And something clicked in me. It was like, right, I can sit here and I can cry about the pain and want to quit, or I can pick up my pace and get it done. And that's a hard thing to say when you've still got 20Ks to go. Uh, but I did it. I picked up my pace, started going faster. And then from there, my, my mental state went up. I wasn't feeling as sorry for myself. So and I just, over yep. Yep, yeah, yeah, over, yeah. Over hang over it. And then <laughs> yeah. I, and yeah, I just kept the pace up and then tried to get there as fast as I could. And did you feel better as you went on through the race? Yes, much better. Now that I wasn't in that negative uh, state of mind, it was, I felt more positive and I was, you know, swimming for each next feed. Um, yeah, it was much, much better after yeah. that. I think it's a really important point where no matter what activity you're doing, is about being in the right mindset doing it. You know, if you're going to show up to training or practice, be in the right mindset, you're there to do a job, you know, sort of get on with it. And we all feel like shit some days. We all feel tired. We're over it. We all rock up to the gym to do jiu-jitsu or go for a run or go for a swim. And you're like, I don't, just don't want to do this. But at the end, you always feel better than when you start. So there's never, for me anyway, there's never a negative impact from, from doing that and pushing through. So it's interesting that, you know, you sort of just knuckle down and push it through. Um, when you're doing these swims, how... You know, you're doing a solo, you have a kayaker who's kind of leading your direction. You have a boat then that's going parallel as support crew. And like you said, it's very tempting to want to just jump into that boat because people are on the boat laughing, drinking coffee and, you know, having a good time and drinking wine and champagne, whatever else they're doing. And then you've got the kayaker beside you who's able to feed you. How, how do you get the food and the drink from the kayaker? And how do you, what do you eat or drink that doesn't, you know, that can stay down? Because a lot of people have trouble getting sick. So how, what do you do, what's your kind of secret to this? Uh, so some people, uh, yeah, like to feed from the kayak, but I prefer to feed from the boat. Um, so the boat will come next to me. We got a really long stick that's got buckets uh, to put whatever the food I'm going to eat in and the drink with a rope attached to it so that when I'm done, I can just leave it. Don't need to worry about putting it back in the bucket. Um, in terms of food, I normally have baby food. Um, comes in those little yogurt yeah, yeah. like pouches, so it's very quick and easy to get down. Um, and when you're out there, you don't care what it tastes like. Like it's yeah, you just get you know, it. Yeah, yeah. And your mouth is so salty anyway that you can't taste anything towards the end. Um, I also have power shots or those energy shots. Like the little gels. Little yeah, the little yeah, gel yeah. shot. Uh, and then normally some Powerade to go with that to wash it down. And then towards the end, I'll start having lollies uh, for that sugar rush and maybe a Coke. Just give me that extra sugar to yeah, get yeah. on. So you use flat just flat Coke or? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you see this stick with a bucket. So it's a bucket and the drinks are in the bucket. So like a kind of a squeezy bottle in the bucket. Just throw it back into the bucket. Yeah. That's a good idea. The baby foods. Is the tops off the baby foods in the bucket? already yep. so good ideas i'm actually just asking questions for me for next year to be honest <laughs> this is because I, I have now uh, openly committed to trying a solo next year um i'm gonna go for the solo on the port to pub not the rottenness one i just i really like the port to pub yeah I it's a good it, one. i just found it more relaxed and i've never been to rottenness challenge swim so i can't but i just really like the port to pub i like the end uh, i just like the whole event it was really nice, well managed so i'm looking at doing a solo next year and because this year the weather was probably so choppy and bad um 
and because I got through that and I vomited from about 10 or 12 k's right through to about 18 k's uh, in the water on the boat and I thought a bit like yourself mental resolve I was sitting on the boat obviously doing a duo um, and I was like oh, I want to quit and then I just thought if I quit on the paddlers well the paddlers and the guy driving the boat they're never going to let me down they're going to take the piss out of me for the rest of my life and because I take the piss out of most people I knew it would be just deserved and they would sew it into me so I was like, I'm not giving them the satisfaction, right? So I jumped back in the water, puked, and just kept swimming. So I puked every which way. And I, so that's why I'm asking about what strategy you use for the food and the drink. Because it's in a lot of endurance events, whether it be swimming or running, it's very hard. And I struggled for a few years in ultra running to get lots of food, to get food and drink into me. But then as I you know, got my systems down as I went on, I was able to do like 100 miles at altitude because I had my food strategy down. And so my formula for me was the E3 formula which we'll talk about in a moment and baby foods as well and those block shots things as well they were kind of my main staples to get into me and you're right because you just can't taste shit after a while no you know and you go through all these different phases um so yeah it's you just want to get calories into you you don't really care you know so this year um or for the channel swim you have e3 yes as a sponsor how are you finding that so far it's great i've been taking it to training in the mornings um and it's it's making me feel quite good when I train. Like I feel I've got more energy. I recover faster from fatigue. It's a, it's a great drink. Yeah, I like I really like. I tried a number of different drinks, and I got onto it sort of by the same thing. And I like it because it's got magnesium, potassium, and sodium, so it's good for dehydration. It sits really well in your guts um, as well compared to some of the other drinks. And I find for swimming, it's probably better than any other one. Uh, I use it for long distance running for a number of years. But I think a swimmer. Um, uh, invented originally because he was a long distance swimmer he swam around Manhattan I think maybe twice um, oh, I really strangled myself here hold on uh, the guy who originally invented it um, was one of Cyrus's coach's first channel swimmers ah Selwyn yes. I forgot his name and I remember that Selwyn ah yeah yeah so you know Selwyn yeah we, uh, I don't know him the, uh, the coach that uh, that Cyrus has has had years um Selwyn was uh her student for his channel crossing uh, very good yeah so i think now Selwyn saw that and Lyndon now has picked it up and he's kindly offered to um support um cyrus in this crazy swim next year so e3 um that's the letter e and the number three 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 i can't pronounce i can't pronounce english um i had a champion formula so check it out on um i think it's on amazon now you can buy it on amazon they've got a facebook page website Great formula. It's an awesome product. I really enjoy it. So me and Cyrus don't get paid by them. Um, I don't even get free products. Obviously, Cyrus does as part of his sponsorship, but look, it's a great, it's a great product, so I really advocate using it. And also, they're a local business here in Western Australia, supporting Western Australian athletes, so I really like it. But Cyrus, people are listening to this going, that guy doesn't sound like he's from Australia. Where are you from originally? Canada. So, so really, you're just that's a state in America, isn't it? No. <laughs> okay, look at Kelly. Look at she bites every time. She can't yeah, help yeah. her. <laughs> she needs a maple leaf tattoo on her forehead. So you're from Canada. Whereabouts in Canada? Alberta. Or Alberta. Red Deer, Alberta. Red Deer, Alberta. And so how long have you been living in Western Australia? Uh, almost 11 years now. And you still haven't lost the accent? Not quite. <laughs> it's really interesting because some people come over to Australia at 17, 18, lose the accent, sound completely Australian. And then other people, so you would, you would come over here like as a kid, seven, eight years of age, and six, you still have a Canadian, season, six, yeah. and you still have a Canadian accent. Yeah, well, my parents, obviously, they still have it, because they grew up there, and I guess I'm around them a lot, so. Oh, so you're Canadian as well, Kelly? Because you sound very American to me. 
uh, very much like a New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now she's yeah, making Italian yeah, gestures, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's terrible. We need a camera on this podcast yeah. uh, to see what's going on. Um, yes, yeah, I find it quite interesting that people, some people lose it. So you're more Australian yeah. now than you are Canadian, really? Well, I guess I've been here longer than I was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm nearly the same. I'm, I'm tipping nearly half my time after being in Australia. So I've been like 17, years here now. So, yeah. So that's um. So do you come from a swimming family? No. Because Alberta's not on the coast, is it? No, no. Are you mountain goats? What's the What's the background there? Any interest in sport in the family? Kelly's hanging around in the gym. No. <laughs> so, it's yeah. a, so you're, you're just this natural untapped talent that just happened to come across swimming. Yeah, pure chance. Well, I remember when I was being very little in Canada. Like I always loved being at the pool and putting my head underwater. Um, and then Mom was just washing you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just pool. <laughs> money yeah. for a bad. <laughs> And then uh, moving to Australia, we got put into those swim lessons, so the levels. And then in primary school, um, we had um, like a small inner school where we'd verse yeah. other schools, and I uh, participated in that. I really enjoyed it. And then from high school, I just took it to that, that next level. Yeah, I think this is something that's really good in Australia. The whole system around teaching kids how to swim and into adulthood is really good. Um, whereas like us growing up in Ireland, yeah, you go and do a few lessons, but it's just kind of playtime, splash around, you know, don't drink the water, don't die. Um, and so for me, taking up swimming a year, year and a half ago, 14, 15 months ago, it's been very difficult um, because of not having that kind of, you know, that, that skill set. So when you get into the pool and the coaches go out a master squad, right, we're going to do medley. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Well, just do, just leave out the butterfly. Uh, I can't do the others. Just leave out breaststroke. Uh, okay. Just leave out Okay, just do freestyle. Because <laughs> so, I can only do like yeah. one stroke. I got, I got really happy a couple of weeks ago because I did 100 meters of backstroke without having a heart attack. Because I used to do backstroke and I would progressively just be going down under the water at a 50 <laughs> degree angle. So I'd be swimming down. And it'd be like, swim up. And I'm like, I, and I would just go underneath. So that's how bad I am at swimming. But I do enjoy the challenge. And um, like yourself, Cyrus, I enjoy the open water challenge as well. I think that's, um, that's pretty good. How do you feel... When you're out there in the water, uh, a lot of people are scared of sharks, jellyfish, all their sorts of monsters out there. What what goes through your mind when you're out there in the middle of it? Uh, sharks have never really bothered me for whatever for whatever reason. Um, but I do find that it is important that you don't think about that kind of stuff because I have scared myself before when I start thinking about shark attacks and whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I mostly I stay very focused on the swim. And because it's open water, there are generally other people around you, so you're trying to overtake them, not get overtaken. And um, in terms of jellyfish, um, apart from that one port to pub that was horrible, uh, in open water, I've kind of gotten used to them now. Yeah. Just getting stung constantly. Yeah, I think with jellyfish, like you're, I got stung in the port to pub and I've had a few stings in the water trend, and it's kind of like, all right. Some are like just bearable and others make you kind of go, oh, fuck. And it's like, gets you for like a couple of days. Mm. But, but generally, yeah. Funny, I, I asked you a question about the sharks because in the middle of the swim this year, I was puking so much, I was vomiting under the water. As I, as I was taking a breath out, I was vomiting under. When I take a breath, I was vomiting out. I was vomiting every angle. And then <laughs> one of the guys in the, in the kayak was laughing. And I went, oh, do you see any sharks? He goes, no. I said, oh, I wish there would be. I said, because I wish someone would come and just fucking take me right now. I was just, I was sick of getting sick, right? And I was, and he, he was laughing. So I was just like, I was completely over it, huh? about 15 k's in. Um, so that's why I ask you what the sharks are, people ask. But I'm like you, I just think, you know, it is what it is, statistically speaking. 
very low probability. Probably more chance of some idiot running into you on the road texting than there is again killed by a shark. And if it happens, well, so be it. At least you're doing something. You're living. Yeah. Have you ever seen a shark out there? No, but on my first first or second crossing, um, I did see the helicopter go down, and that's where a lot of people got pulled out because of the shark. So I was lucky enough to be ahead of it, but I knew what the helicopter was. <laughs> like, they tried to tell me it wasn't, but I'm like, I know that's a shark, and they're trying to scare it away. <laughs> Just sightseeing, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just people from the Virgin yeah. Casino have a look around. Yeah. <laughs> Keep swimming, right. yeah. So, um, so you got this um, swim next year. You've obviously built up from the... Uh, the channel swim with the team you've done a couple of you know big crossings yourself you participate in lots of the local swims around perth over the last year and um, now you're starting to come at this pointy end with about a year to go for the channel swim what events are you going to do in the lead up and how are you going to train for this big event uh well next year i'm going to do another rotto crossing so either the port to pub or the rot nest um and for training i'm going to keep training every day up until the swim as much as I can, and then do um, lots of cold water training on the weekends because that's a very important part doing the English Channel swim. So, how are you going to train for cold water? What are you going to do? Right now, we go down to the river uh, or Bicton Baths, and the water is very cold there in the mornings, 14 degrees at the moment. And we swim in there for a few hours, and then that's kind of how your body adjusts to being in the water. So, is there evidence that actually you do adjust from having that daily exposure to that? Uh, yeah, I believe, just, so. I believe so. You're caught, you're, yeah. The Bicton Bats. Well, it's like a yeah. swimming pool in the river. There's like a pier that goes like uh, around three sides from the shore, and so the coach can follow the, her squad and give them instructions, and they it gives a false sense of security that you're not in the open water. Um, and yeah, and they do. Uh, they start at about five o'clock in the morning, and it is from the outside looking at them it's bitterly cold just standing there rugged up um and you can see like they started at 15 minutes in there and that was like their get out too cold and now they've built up to being able to do an hour without you know shriveling up <laughs> well they might be shriveling up but you don't know um so what distance like can you do laps in there is there what's the distance from it um, they do laps around it. I'm not sure. Sh- uh, one lap would probably be about 50 meters. Yeah, almost 50 meters. Okay, so it's quite small in the river. Mm. Oh, yeah. So people are going, oh, it's in the river, so it's not too bad with sharks. It's probably more bull sharks in the river than there is sharks in the yeah. ocean. Because <laughs> the river is quite bad with bull sharks. Uh, does that worry you, Cyrus? I'm trying to put all these bad thoughts in your head. Uh, a little while ago, the river did, for some reason, in the ocean, I'm never scared, but the river, I've always had a little bit of a problem with. The river freaks me out, yeah. <laughs> personally. And it's murky as yeah, well. it's like real it's, murky yeah. here, yeah. So I'm involved with Claremont Masters, and they run the Perth Swim Through every year, which has been going for like 100 years now, and I swam in it this year for the first time, and just, I just did like the 1.6 or something, I think, because I was volunteering to the registrations. And I was like, I am not happy here. And it was 40 degrees, bright sunny day, and I could see shit under the water. I could see nothing. I could barely see my hand. And I was like, I don't like this. Lots of jellyfish, but they don't sting you. But I was like, if a bull shark comes here, you are gone. You won't know about it. Like, grabs you right in the face. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that river scares me. Yeah, yeah. So I hope you have fun there tomorrow morning at yeah, 5. thank you. <laughs> I'll be in bed my electric blanket and my new Peter Alexander pyjamas that I bought for twenty nine ninety nine this week on special, yeah. which generally retail at eighty nine ninety nine. I don't know why I told you. So anyway, where was I going? I, I, I digressed again. So um, 
lots of open water swims, you go and do a solo, and then you head over to the UK um, in July. August. August, sorry, to do the swim. Do you have a date? Have you, uh, you been given a date? August 26th to September 1st is his window. Oh, so you have a window. So it depends on the weather then within that window, yeah. what you can do. All right. So, Cyrus, this is um, a very costly event. And so we're going to switch over now to Mama Bear here and ask her, how much money is this going to cost Mama Bear and co? Um, around upwards of $20,000. Minimum of twenty thousand dollars. This this is probably got flights over there, hire a boat, equipment, not to mention the training that leads up to a physiotherapy, whatever it might be, um, big and bat fees, which I'll be collecting tomorrow morning, um, <laughs> and you know, jocks, socks, all little consumables goes along with it. You're reckoning about twenty thousand? Uh, twenty thousand before the training. Uh, that would do flights, boats, food um, while we're over there. Um, if something happens that the weather it turns turns on us when we're over there, which has happened to us in the past, um, then you have to uh, re-sign up, and accommodation is another, you know, maybe another two weeks. You know, we have to pay to change your flights again. Um, you know, it just, it's so costly, and it's over. Um so that's hard work to justify that. Um, and yeah, but yeah, just you have to coach's fees um, and then you have to have a medic on board as well. Um, and we've got one that we've used in the past for the last one who knows Cyrus, has trained with him before. So that's who we want to take over um, to have with Cyrus on the boat um, just to make sure that uh, everything's going well, that he's not hypothermic, that, you know, if, if something turns wrong, He'll say, okay, no, get him off the boat right away, or no, he's fine, you know, have him keep going. Um, all things that I don't ever want to be in charge of. Um, to have someone with that expertise there is, is quite important. And um, so, you know, you kick in for their flight, and uh, we're lucky enough that he's got family over there, so we don't have to pay for his accommodation. Um, but, um, yeah, Cyrus, um, you know, flight for me, flight for Cyrus, and then just... The boat is ridiculously expensive. Um, I think it's five thousand um, pounds just for you have to just for the boat. Jesus, I need to get to the boat hire business. <laughs> um, right, so uh, we have committed to Cyrus at Melia's Consulting, which is the consulting arm of the. Obviously, people know we have this podcast, but um, it's a jug of water there if you want some water. Um, there, there is a. We've got Sleep for Performance. We also have the consulting arm of the business, which is Melius Consulting, where we do health, safety, and improvement. So Melius Consulting will be uh, providing some money towards supporting Cyrus for his swim next year. And we're happy to announce as well that we'll be increasing that, and it will now be to $2,500. So we'll increase that. How does that sound? That's amazing. Thank that'll you. That'll get you going, won't it? Yeah. That, that'll get you a few vodka shots night before the race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh? I don't want you go, If you go do vodka shots night before the race, I'm telling you, my friend, we're in, we're in for yeah. trouble, right? Well, at least I'll be 18 when I do the race. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll be yeah. No, you'll be swimming the channel. That's what, that's, at least you'll be swimming the channel. That's what's going to happen. So we're going to be kicking in two and a half grand to help Cyrus next year to do that. Um, so. Now, so Cyrus, you're also going to be raising money for charity as well. Yes, uh, the epilepsy... Uh, WA Foundation. Okay, so you're going to be trying to raise money for this foundation over the next year or so as well. So, look, everybody has heard Cyrus' story today. 
What we would like to do is put a shout out to everybody listening. If you have any money that you would like to support Cyrus with, either personally or through a business, please get in contact with us. We will put all the information in the show notes. If you can't afford it, that's cool. Spread the word. We really appreciate that. If you want to throw some money into the Epilepsy Foundation as well, that'd be great. Um, any which way you can support us. If it's not monetary-wise, please share the episode of the podcast, share out the information, and try to drum up some stuff. Look, there's lots of money around there, we know, especially in a town like Perth more millionaires per capita, so to say, um, anywhere else in Australia. So if there's any businesses out there, please get in contact. Now, for that, Cyrus is generally going to um, is going to help support your business too, two ways. Cyrus is going to fly the flag, so to speak. He's going to have a flag on the boat. He's going to have all the business logos on there. He's going to promote the logos as well. We're looking at developing a website as well to promote this, which will have your company logo on there as well. So on any sort of media that we get around this, we're going to be pumping up all the logos as well. So your business will get, you know, um, some promotional value out of this as well. But more importantly, you will be helping a member of the Perth Western Australian community to undertake this challenge. And if you're not in Perth in Western Australia, you're going to be helping a young man achieve something that most of us, you know, strive to achieve. So the, the, this man here, as you've heard his story from the age of 12, has had this great determination, which can transfer into many parts of our life and may help other people get up off the couch and try and do some other things. Um, you know, it's an inspiring story. So if you can help in any which way, please do. Now, whilst Cyrus does inspire me, um, to swim more and yeah, I, I, and it's not like an inspiration it's in like oh wow look at Cyrus it's more like that little fucking bastard he can <laughs> swim that and I can't do that I'm going to fucking show him but um, there, is a, there is another thing when we go to Jiu Jitsu what happens at Jiu Jitsu Cyrus? I do not win <laughs> <laughs> and so when we, when we grapple at Jiu Jitsu I'm, I'm a lot older than Cyrus obviously but I'm also a lot heavier than him when we grapple at Jiu Jitsu much to Kelly's delight I hold Cyrus on the ground and shout swim Swim, <laughs> swim. And then Kelly takes pictures and, set and puts them on Facebook and says, this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and then, where Cyrus just lies there and goes, oh, yeah. my wife has accused me of being a bully. Maybe I was, but it was quite funny. Because it was, what, a week after Port the Pub? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so look, guys, if you can help out Cyrus in any shape, where or form, we really appreciate it. Like I said, Mealy's Consultant is kicking in some money. Uh, stay tuned to this. This episode will be out. We're going to check in with Cyrus um, just before the Channel Swim as well. And we'll also do an episode after to see how he got on. But um, look, we wish you the best of luck, man, in your training over the next year. And uh, thanks for coming in and having a chat with us today. And hopefully we can get you up past that 20 grand, Kelly. Hopefully we can get you up towards 30. If not, we'll sell any other kids you have or anybody, anything else you have to try and get the money. And um, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, All right. Thank you. Thank thanks, you very guys. much.